This week we have my buddy and comedian Mike Falzone. I tell him all about the story of Osil Cardenas Guillen, a leader of the Gulf Cartel in Mexico and creator of Los Zetas, a group of mercenaries who set a new current day standard for ruthlessness and barbarianism. I'm talking these guys will take over a bus of normal people, make the men get out, give them weapons and say battle to the death or you both die. We talk about a SEAL's beginnings in life as a little boy who just washed cars and all he wanted to be was a mechanic to creating an organization responsible for the deaths of well over 12,000 people. First off, I want to give a shout out. We got a new researcher for this one, guys. Give a shout out to Ryan Holzhauer. My guy, Ryan. I think he did a great job, you know. Um, so if you like the podcast, make sure to give us five stars on Apple. We'd appreciate it. Tell your friends, share about it. We got a bunch of great guys coming up. A bunch of sickos, a bunch of kingpins, a bunch of criminals. You're going to love them. I love them. So sit back, get a drink, smoke something, get your head right, because this is episode four of World on Drugs with me, Steve Fury. And we sit down with Mike Falzone and talk to him about Osil Cardenas Guillen, the friend killer. Yeah. What up? There we go. Started <laughs> off hot. Today we got Mike Falzone. You may know him from his Instagram page, where he has over forty thousand followers. His YouTube page has over has over one hundred and fifty thousand subscribers. One of his mini podcasts, like Mike Morning, or our podcast, a podcast he co-hosts with his wife. I know Mike from crushing stages all around LA. His stand-up show, Friends and Friends, a crowdwork show, and you can hear him as an alien on the upcoming Adult Swim show, Final Space, which third season premieres on March twenty. How you doing? <laughs> Wow, it's very weird I might have to, to, to do that to, one. to listen to a buddy run down the list of credits. Yes, mm-hmm. even though like none of them are super impressive or important, they don't really hold a lot of weight. But it's just the fact that like we're buddies. Yeah, and now you got to sit across from me at this table and be like, he is, and you've seen him from. Well, what's worse is I have to research it. <laughs> you can just ask. Yeah, because you have multiple bios on multiple things, and I think this one that does celebrity birthdays oh, had yeah. the best one. They, um, it's called famous birthdays Yeah, and they are like after they were after a bunch of us for a long time, they were like, you got to give us some info. Do you have a they sister? Want your birthday? I don't know. <laughs> you I'm gotta like, give us so your easy. birthday. <laughs> it's so easy to figure out, but they're like, that's our whole thing. We're celebrity birthdays. So if we don't have any we're information, gonna... we got nothing. All right. Um, but I mean, also, I think the YouTube page was pretty sick when I saw that. I mean, you got to be over probably buck fifty now. Yeah, but I mean, it's changed so much. But that was the that was the uh, thing that was one. like the whole thing for like yeah. a long time. Well, the music in the beginning too, right? Yeah, uh-huh. you did do research. Oh, I did a lot of research. <laughs> like I didn't know that, that all that stuff. I was like, oh, look at this stuff because you just see someone you hang out, and I think Jesus Trejo introduced us, mm-hmm. and he's kind of always like a really good uh, cosign. I find. Yes. If he like likes somebody, you're like, okay, this dude's actually pretty cool. Yeah, he's a good dude. I'm gonna lose this flannel because it's not. No that's problem. hotter than I thought it was. All right, man. So this be. podcast, I'm gonna tell you again because you might have forgot, Mike. Um, it is a podcast where I try to do a deep dive research on international drug dealers. Okay. Uh, and what made you want to do this? I sold drugs for a long time as a kid. Yeah. And then I really like documentaries about crime and criminals and drug dealers. But the problem is I feel like they're always about like El Chapo or like, you know, uh, 
one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do something a little different, get into some people that people aren't really talking about. Yeah. Some people that have maybe more interesting stories than just Pablo Escobar, El Chapo, Griselda Blanco, those like kind of normal people. Sure. And today we got a good one. We got the first one I've done in Mexico. This guy's name is Ozil Cardenas Guillen. Right, so a little background info. Uh, he's recognized as the head of the gar- golf cartel from about 1999 to 2003. Okay, uh, he's killed probably 50 to 60 people on his own without telling people to do it. Okay, uh, he formed the paramilitary group turned cartel Los Zetas. That's when we're going to get into. That's kind of what he really is known for. Um, and it's some stuff you should be known for. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, and his nickname is. Uh, Mata Amigos, which is the friend killer. Can I make an observation? Yeah. It's kind of like you're super proud of this guy. I, You know, dude, I always liked bad guys when I was a kid. <laughs> like, I never had the good guy win. When I was Cobra, every time people were G.I. Joe. Yeah. I was all with robbers anytime I was cops. And it's mm-hmm. just, good guys are kind of boring, you know? I get that. I get that. Also, we grew up in the time where it was... Uh, like the late nineties, mid to late nineties, it was like bad guys are cool. It was yeah. like Stone Cold Steve Austin. For sure. Um rap music started getting bad where people were glorifying like doing crime and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, Yeah, yeah I'm all in. I'm all in, bro. <laughs> I'm all the fuck in. Good. So he is the guy who uh is recognized for taking brutality with the Mexican drug trade to a new level. And I feel like that's a great credit. I mean, it's no final space. No, it's no final space season three. But I mean, the guy, the, the, just to just to take something, that, I, I think it's kind of like the K, like if someone like had the KFC double down. You remember that sandwich? <laughs> yeah. It was chicken, that's chicken, the one meat. That's on, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, and then chicken. If they added like lobster to it, you know, they just took it to sure. a way. It didn't need to be. Mm-hmm. But you, you're like, nothing will ever be the same. There's no this. topping this one. No, there's no topping yeah. this one. And he did it, man. At one point during his reign, the golf cartel was making about a billion a year. He earned the nickname, already did the nickname one. Um, he is in jail right now. He's going to be released in the next few years, which is insane. You think he listens to this? I, I have been hitting him up on uh, LinkedIn. We're trying. I'm trying to join <laughs> Los Angeles, but I don't think... That's where they're set up, on <laughs> yeah, LinkedIn. This, this is, okay. It's a very... You're gonna, they're actually... Well, you learn about him there. He acts. The coolest thing about him is he. So uh, everyone else is getting like just these people from these small towns. They're giving them dr- guns and they're mm-hmm. giving them drugs and money. He goes and gets ex special forces in Mexico wow. and pays them more money. And they were trained by the U.S. So then he has this group of paramilitary guys and cops. He owns the cops in two different cities. Wow! And you get to hear about how fucking crazy it is. Oh, I can't wait. Um, do, are you into cartel stuff at all? Like, have you, are you doing TikTok or you do, do TikTok at all? What is the, what's the similarity? You got to go look for cartel talk. Okay. There's cartel guys in Mexico. Uh-huh. And, and they're big on TikTok. And they're big on TikTok. Doing what? Um, you sh- they show like cars that have just got like AK-47 all down the thing. They're like, Why? they're like 15 year olds hanging, hanging out with tigers and like gold machetes and shit. It's pretty great if you enjoy. Uh, That's crazy because I just downloaded the new Fortnite update yeah. where you can tame wolves and kind of oh, have nice. them on your side while you battle through and try to get a victory royale. So I feel like. Have you ever gotten a victory royale? Um, yes, a couple, not many. I'm more in it for the antics. Yeah. Um, 
but just the fact that you can kind of get the wildlife on your side. I feel like I'm trying to build a bridge between where I'm at in my life and the cartel yeah. so I could really yeah. be 100%. Your wife won't let you get a dog, so you're going to no, Fortnite. No dogs, you're, no wolves. You're, you're, you're yeah. taming many of them. Yeah. All right. So his early life and his general rise to power. Ozil was born on May 18th, 1967 in the city of Matameros, Mexico. That's kind of located in the northeastern Mexico along the it's along the border of Brownsville in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matamoros is a city of about half a million, and in the county is 1.5. So it's actually like a pretty big city, uh-huh. like probably about the size of Sacramento if you're in California. And the interesting thing is by the time he's about 25, he controls the cops completely. And 25? Yeah. What were you doing at 25? How old are you now? selling weed. I was, I'm 32. Right. Or about to be 32 in April. Just the drive to... Well, what's sad is uh, what you're going to learn right now is this wasn't his plan. Mm-hmm. He had like a good idea. Yeah. And then it just kind of, well, I'll show you in a second. It's like, I want to make belts. Dude, pretty, I mean, you're <laughs> going to see in a second. He had, okay. So he has four brothers and all of them go into drug trafficking with him. There's Antonio, Homero, and Mario. Okay. Um, so he starts work as a teenager, just washing police cars with his brother, Antonio, you know, just a normal kid. And then later after this, he starts, you know, he starts washing them. Then he goes into fixing them. And then he goes, Hey man, what I want to do with my life. He goes to his brother, um, is take things out of him. <laughs> he goes to his brother, M- M- Mario, right? He goes, Hey Mario, uh, I think I want to start a mechanical shop. And Mario goes, I know where we can get some money. This is where Mario introduces Ozil along with his brother Romero and Antonio to the drug trade. So pretty much Ozil just starts a mechanical, a mechanic shop. Yeah. And within like 20 years, he's leading a golf cartel. Wow. I feel like every, everything I've ever seen in a fucking Mexican like cartel documentary is always a guy who is just like, Wanted to start an RC race shop. Yeah. And then two years later, he's like flying cocaine over the border in like tiny planes. You know, I think what happens is you, if you get taught or teach yourself how to like take apart an engine Mm -hmm. and then you put it back together and you put it into a car and it works, you're like, well, I could do anything. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Why am I living by anyone else's rules? I made a machine that can take Mm -hmm. me away from danger. Yeah. So I think you get a confidence from that. I would love to know more about the a childhood that goes from I know building cars to well that's the well see they, they, see he was he was he was from this little town that's not really that big and it gets a little bit bigger because he's able to like do tunnels into America since it's so close to there mm-hmm. but it's just so I don't okay here we go <laughs> Mike let's say you started a beard and hair conditioning business okay <laughs> and the cartel wants in number okay. one what's the name. Number two, what are you going to do about the cartel? This has been your dream. Your little, your, your little version of Ozil just trying to make his way, and the cartel comes in. They said they want to start putting cocaine in your beer and hair conditioners. Fuck, man. They're like, we'll give you a couple millions of dollars. And in exchange for they put the stuff, they, put, they sneak drugs into my stuff, mm-hmm. and it's just used as a cover. Mm-hmm. And there's only so much saying no that you can yes. do. Is there any way to politely say no to the cartel? Hey, cartel. <laughs> thank you so much. I can't thank you enough for trusting me. I love me. the bell buckle and the <laughs> yeah. cowboy hat. I love um. your interest in my brand. <laughs> I, 
I'm willing to fix your cars, but could we just not put yeah. cocaine in them? But if or... you need beard oil, I yeah. got you. I don't know what it would be called. I don't have any good names in the in the barrel for something like that. I would just say um We're probably gonna have to workshop it with corporate anyway. Probably. I would say just to rough it out so we can mock up the logo and stuff, mm-hmm. I would call it Snice. Snice. And it would just be it's it's not like if oh, you nice. if I were to be like uh it, tell you that I have this company. And you'd be like, oh, what's it like? And they smell. It's, nice. it's like s'more. Yeah, like yeah, nice. yeah, 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 wow, yeah. That's a good one. I kind of yeah. like that one. I've been holding on that for a while for something. Nope. That's just the best I can come it's up with good. right now. <laughs> so his four brothers start getting in the cartel business, right? Mario is the eldest. He starts heading the operation. Antonio yeah. buys the cocaine. Ocil sells it. And Homero is looking to expand in the United States. Mm. I just want to say I'll take Homero's job. Looking to expand. Yeah. That's you your just, job. You just go into America and you look for people to buy cocaine. Yeah. That seems like the most fun. Then if you're buying it, you have to buy it from Colombians. I'm good off that. All the nonsense. other jobs are way more dangerous than yes. looking around and seeing who might want yeah. cocaine. And you're probably partying in America. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, and every time I ever think of like a cartoon or not a cartoon, that'd be a cool cartoon. It was about cartels, but like a movie or something, the guy comes in and he's like, I'm with the Mexican cartel. Everyone's yeah. always like, okay, you can't fuck with this guy. At uh-huh, all. Uh-huh. So it'd be fun to just be like walking around in like some like gator boots and like, I always picture, picture like Tex-Mex cartels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it would be so funny to picture these guys at like a company meeting and they're all like covered in blood and their clothes are ripped and, and stuff. And they're like, how, how do you do today? And like, I, <laughs> I had to beat up six guys and, and I had to kill a guy for cocaine, but I got the cocaine. And how are you doing? Well, I had to build a plane today so we can get our stuff over. And they're uh, go up to expansion guy. He's like, yeah, my day was my day was super hard too. I went to a YouTube convention. Yeah. <laughs> I was at Lindsay Lohan's house party, and, and uh, I made some ends, man. I made some yeah. made some people. They made me have sex with all these girls. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's hard though. It's hard. One of them little... t- was talking so much. <laughs> yeah. Just business idea. He's got a little blood on your face and a finger in your shirt. And he's like showered and perfect. <laughs> you guys look uh, look like you had a hard time. Yeah. Okay. Here you go. You're gonna start a cartel. Great. So what do you name it? That would be another good one. Oh, here's my idea. What city are you going to do your cartel in? You know, are you going to try to do a big city like New York, LA, or are you going to do like a smaller city like this guy where you might be able to take over the whole town? This is like The Sims, kind of. Yeah, like evil, more fun Sims. When you choose, like I always played Sim Town when I had friends that played Sim City. I'm like, what's uh, Sim Town? Tim Town, Sim Town is same thing but small and cartoony. Oh. You know, so you have a school or oh, okay. a city hall yeah and you don't have like here's how the water filtration yeah. it's system like the works. phone version of Sim yeah City. uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> the mobile version yeah, the mobile version. um i would have i would do that i would do small town i would stuff. do small town too yeah because right. you want to be able to feel like untouchable you got it yeah well not untouchable because you can go you know this shit is happening in bigger cities and they're like the whatever but you're like don't bother me over here mm-hmm. i'm just over here mm-hmm. in my saloon for sure. And then I feel like you could take over a cop like station a little more, you know, if you only got to pay off like 30 dudes rather than there's like 4,000 cops in LA that you'd have to see. Yeah. And you think about little towns, it's like you, even growing up, like, you know, cops, Yeah, you know, so you could have family infiltrated that. Real yeah. Easy. Yeah. 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 You got a big family in a little town. You're telling me half of them are cops. Yeah. You got a cop. You got a probably a f- fireman. 
and a teacher. Mm-hmm. You're starting a cartel right there. You know, restaurant guy. Restaurant and there's guy. your wash front. Do they yeah, call it a wash front? front? Yeah. yeah, I like that one. We're already thinking <laughs> next steps. We're already making money. Already... This is two podcasts. This is two podcasts. <laughs> we'll talk about that one later. What we do with our money. So they were ob- able to operate through the 1980s with the protection of local police, allowing them to grow their trade aspirations. In their town of Matameros, they pretty much owned everything. They were untouchable. Uh, we'll learn later how untouchable they are. are. Mm. So that was pretty interesting. I really like that part. Um, by the 90s, each of the... <laughs> I might cut that part. <laughs> really admire that part. Might really, cut that out. Might cut that out, though, because I said I admire it so much. I'm blessing, <laughs> I'm blessing myself with what I wrote. Uh, by the 90s, each of the... <laughs> By the 90s, each of the brothers had become part of the Gulf Cartel, which is one of Mexico's largest and oldest cartels, and was formed in the 1930s, originally smuggling alcohol in the United States during the Prohibition era. When did, like, is that when the cartel started? Yeah, that's kind of how Because that was, like, the big, uh, whatever. That that was, like, everyone's first big crime endeavor was, yeah. like, moonshine or it's a, somehow It's a gateway stuff. crime. Mm-hmm. Prohibition is a gateway crime. Before you yeah. know it, you're chopping off people's heads yeah. and selling cocaine. Yeah, that's why we legalized. That's why we I mean, honestly, if you legalize drugs, a lot of these wouldn't be problems. Mm. The cartel has grown significantly. <laughs> when you take all the crime out of this, these guys just cool dudes. Yeah, they seem chill. Like without chopping people's heads off, they're just dudes with gold AK-47s and Hell sick yeah. cars. Well, so the uh, cartel has grown significantly when a guy named Juan Garcia Abrego incorporated cocaine into the organization's operations in the 1970s, becoming one of the largest and most powerful drug cartels in Mexico. I got to say, uh, Juan, employee of the year, mm. right? Just changed the game. Yeah. He's like he's like the guy who came up with like pumpkin spice lattes. Right. There's like pumpkin spice latte guy, hot Cheeto guy, Juan Garcia. Adding Obrego, cocaine guy. And added cocaine guy. <laughs> yeah. um, where did the t- – we don't need to do the questions – Oh, okay, here you go. So, it's, so we're taking out drugs, okay? You're a cartel guy. It doesn't have to be drugs. Mm-hmm. What do you think you would smuggle in this country that you can make a lot of money off of? Like you uh, can get it for a lot cheaper and sell it more here. Man, I'm not good at this. Uh, air, like knockoff air. air pots. That's not a bad one. Because yeah. everyone is always losing them, mm-hmm. and you don't want to go out and spend another two, 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. So I would do like... Knockoff air pots. Yeah. And then the, co- and the cartel's like... Put some cocaine in those cartridges. Those yeah. AirPods. And I'd be like, they go in your ears. You don't want that. You can put like, <laughs> in the Fuck. case. In the case. All right, Juan. I don't even know how it happened. It's so cool. He was just chill. He just he just talked me into it, dude. He like touched my shoulder yeah. when he asked me to do it. <laughs> All right, I guess just this one batch. Okay. We'll see how it goes. Fine. I'll do it for. I'll do it one time. Yeah. So after uh, Juan Garcia Brego was arrested in 1996, so he had like almost a 20-year span as the cartel's kind of boss, this golf cartel. Pretty good. Um, yeah, not bad, you know. Uh, the cartel switches hands for a little while, and one of his brothers tries to take it over. His name's Umberto Garcia Brego, but he gets caught because his name is too close, you know? Oh, what a bummer. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, I'll take it over. And then the cops and everybody are looking at him and like, are you sure you're not the other Abrego? Like, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not him. But I'm positive. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to bring in these uh, cocaine nuts. I mean, coconuts. <laughs> these coconuts. All right. Fuck. All right. You got me. <laughs> That's my brother. But you can't like even change your name really, right? Unless you're like totally clean and then you change your name uh, and then you start like 
acting up or whatever. I mean, but if you're at all involved and you go to change your name, somebody's going to be like, flag it. Yeah. 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 Like you sure look like the last guy. You're like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just changing Chad. my name to distance myself. <laughs> yeah, it's not things. my thing anymore. Right. Please don't look in this uh, box <laughs> that I'm bringing right now. Okay, so now we're going to learn about how Osil Cardenas Guillen got his name as the friend killer. I'm not going to like this. It's pretty gnarly, man. This guy's a fucking psycho. Man. Moments after his daughter's baptism in 1999, the head of the golf cartel, Osil Cardenas Guillen, ordered his bodyguard to kill his daughter's godfather. Why? Because his, I guess the guy, he was already kind of the leader, but the other guy was like the second in command, and he just didn't want, he doesn't want anyone fucking with anything that he does. And look what he does right here, right? Gian, uh, after parting ways with his guest, Gian climbed in the driver's seat of his Dodge Durango as his long, I mean, he could have got a little better than the Dodge Durango. Imagine being killed in the Dodge Durango. It's like, come on, at least give me a Cherokee. As his longtime business partner settled in the front passenger seat, Guillen's bodyguard, Arturo Guzman de Canis, then sat in the back of the passenger seat and without hesitation executed the godfather with a bullet to his head. Wow. For ordering the execution, Guillen earned the name The Friend Killer, and Arturo Guzman earned Guillen's trust. Dude, if I'm number two in the cartel, I do this every day. You're number one. I'm number two. This is our meeting. Okay, welcome me to the meeting. Hey, buddy. Thanks for coming in, man. It's been a tough day. Thank you very much. My face. Hey, yeah. dude, no matter whatever you want, I got you. Yeah. I got the uh, these pampers over here. They're wet now, yeah. so get the blood off real Thank nice. you. Appreciate I it. I want to remind you that I'm number two. Yeah. <laughs> I love number two. I just changed my name to number two. Yeah. <laughs> Legally, I can't be a number one. Do you know I just got back from the doctor, and he said I don't have any more aspirations. <laughs> I don't want anything else. It's I'm just, number two. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to go Good get us again. coffee. <laughs> oh, you don't okay. drink coffee. Yeah. I'm going to go get you water. I'm going to get you water, and I'm not going to drink anything. I'll just look at you, see how parts you get, and it'll work for me. Anyway, I'm number two. Okay. All right, bud. <laughs> number two. I'll see you later. Number two. Never number two. <laughs> not a good nickname, friend killer. No. Probably not his Instagram handle. No, but how do you still have... Friends? No, I guess by that point you don't have any friends, yeah. right? But because you you rule because everyone loves it. What's the dictator thing? Dictator, it's better yeah. to be feared, feared than, than love. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's. I mean, you're definitely. If anyone was ever like, oh, Steve, you're friends with OCO. I'm like, no, no, acquaintances. We barely mm-hmm. know each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's either, we, I'm, uh, it's either I'm number two. Or I don't even know the guy. I gave him a ride one one time. <laughs> I cleaned time. his car. Kind of weird, but cool too. Guys. Please don't tell him. <laughs> kind of weird. Like I wouldn't be friends with him, but I wouldn't not be friends. <laughs> yeah, but I would not. Be... Please don't tell him anything I'm saying right now. <laughs> it might cut the spot out. Um, we don't need to do those questions. Uh, Osiel was kind of considered a low drug dealer within the uh, organization, but was able to rise quickly because of internal killings amongst all the high-ranking uh, members, which wow. would be a funny like. You know, like a job interview. They're like, hey, Mike, good to see you. You're going to want to be a janitor. We need a janitor. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> CEO. You have CEO written all over your face. We're going to get you to be the CEO. You like have a mop and they take out the mop and they put it in like a AK 47. They're like, okay, cool. Okay, so no one's going to take care of this floor. Or... Yeah. Dude, that would be, uh... oh my, my sweet goodness. What a high pressure. You know what, what yeah, fucks me up? It's probably want. what. It, and correct me if I'm wrong, what you admire about these people is like the work ethic. And this takes like a certain amount of fearlessness and, and um, they're all self-starters, you know, and you could 
I guess the thing is that you could put that drive and ambition towards anything, anything. Yeah. but you don't want to have anyone else attached to your stuff. You don't want the government to be a part of it. You uh, maybe feel like people have wronged you in the past. So you're like, I'm not doing this for anybody else. Well, it's a lot like, like sociopathic, like hedge fund managers. Shit, you know, you don't, you, they don't have empathy for any of the loans that they're giving out or any of the things that they're doing to smaller companies by mm -hmm. shorting them or anything. And this guy has no empathy for all the people he's murdering. He right. just sees it as a business. And I mean, it's kind of, I, I like mainly, I always respected drug dealers and stuff like that. When they kind of kept it, I always felt like you could do whatever you want as long as it's like in the game mm -hmm. of the drug dealers. You know, like you attack other drug dealers. Like in Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. When you play online. Yeah. You kill the people with the names over their yeah. head and not like the little robot A 100%. Because why would you do that? What's the point of that? That's how you get the cops after you. Uh, he did the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Osiel continued to pay off and intimidate the Matamoros Municipal Police as well as the Tamalipas State Police, but wanted to create not only his own private protection division, but a group that would carry out the most violent acts in the best interest of the Gulf Cartel. This is when he successfully recruited more than 30 members of the Mexican Special Forces and other branches of the military to protect him from other members of the Gulf Cartel, from other cartels, and to act as his private paramilitary wing within the Gulf Cartel. And this is how the Los Zetas was created. So I got to tell you a little bit about the Los Zetas real quick. Okay. The Los Zetas operate training. They So they, they like, he changed everything to now all around Matamor Matamoros and Tuolipas. He has like these training facilities that are kind of like, you ever go to San Diego? Drive to San Diego and you see like those the Navy military things. Stuff, the military. Uh -huh. He has those all over and these guys are just just preparing. And what they did, what they changed everything. And they learned a lot of this from the CIA and the FBI right. and our military that came down to go help Mexico's military. And then those guys were like, I'm going to make way more money working for these guys. Uh -huh. And this is, the, this is their, uh, <laughs> this is what they, the premise of their psychological operations. If you frighten your enemy enough, you may defeat them without even having a fight. And that's why they start uh, feeding people to dogs, cutting off their hands and legs, and then hanging them from an overpass. And uh, these guys really just changed the whole world in Mexico. And that's that's incredible. I know, because it's just like, what's also so it's, it's funny, well, not funny, but interesting is just like, he was just like, I want like a sick-ass group to like protect me, and then I get better. And then that one moment where he did that, spring-loaded everything in Mexico to kind of just turn into like mass shootings of people and stuff like that. That's so crazy. So what is the going back a little bit? How do you go to an ex-military person and immediately like get I, them into your group? Well, one, I mean, we do it in America with like Halliburton and Blackwater and stuff like that, where you can go to people who used to be in the military who don't really get paid that much. Mm -hmm. And then you go, I'll pay you an exorbitant amount of, to come work for my pretty much mercenary organization. Hmm. And then they they were kind of the ones who did a lot of the weird stuff in Afghanistan and all that kind of stuff. Wow. And then he kind of just went to, cause you know, a lot of people in the military, you don't see many people get out of the military with a lot of money. Yeah. They that's come out true. with like a Dodge charger and like 20 grand in their bank. Yeah. Uh huh. So he did the same thing, except people in Mexico even make less money. So he went to a bunch of poor people said, <clears throat> I'll give you a bunch of money. Then they joined. And now he has a fucking insane group of psychopaths. Wow. So the first thing he does is he assigns Los Zetas to completely wipe out a group called Los Chachos who are under the orders of the rival cartel, Milenio Cartel. 
Uh, after this, the Losetas became an in- in- integral. After bam. <laughs> after this, Losetas became an integral part of the Gulf Cartel and began to organize kidnapping, impose taxes, collect debts, engage in racketeering, control the extortion business, secure, secure cocaine supply, do human trafficking, and own these things called plazas. Plazas are routes to get into America drugs. Okay. That's kind of there's not that many of them. A lot of them's in Tijuana, a lot of them in border towns. And the whole thing the cartel want to do is is take over these places because mm-hmm. a lot of times you have to kind of go underground unless you fly a plane really high low and then you kind of like find a way to land it in a place because you get detected if you, you get detected too high. if you go too high no way to detect you underground okay so they'll build these literal like mine shafts that are nice and then you'll have like a dirt bike and you'll just like fly down yeah that's how like a lot of these guys get away that's and how- i would imagine you're saying that there's only a couple of those yeah i mean you can yeah. i mean to build that takes a lot it's like engineering and stuff it's like miles three miles of a fucking tunnel i would think and oxygen and everything. that for and this is me knowing nothing about mm-hmm. anything obviously but for those to be around for so long and for drug busts to have happened in the past, <clears throat> I would think like some kind of authority group finds those and like now that one is shut down. So now there's like four. Yeah, but they keep making new ones and they keep going deeper because they also have like satellites that can see a lot of times where like a hole might be you uh-huh. know, and stuff like that. But they just keep going deeper and they just keep making more of them because they haven't in- in- initially in an unlimited supply of money yeah and and ground there's so much ground there's a lot of ground in mexico you never go to mexico and think like there's not enough room here (laughs) where am i supposed to step so what made the new era different was that the beheadings and gruesome murders was not common prior to the creation of los zetas for example the Gulf cartel was known to carry out more mafia style hits you know a gunshot to the back of the head meant someone was a traitor Mm -hmm. you know a gunshot to the side of the head meant that victim was a rival gang member so they had like kind of like a code, you know? Right. Uh, this guy fucked that code right in the butt. He didn't give a shit. Didn't care about the code. No, didn't I'm care about I'm killing everyone every yeah. kind of a way. So there was never that much information on Ozil in his early years, uh, but he became a top pros- priority for the... Uh, no, I'm going to do that one again. Bam! <laughs> there was still wasn't much information about Ozil in his early years up until uh, November 9th, 1999 at 2.30. That's when uh, the FBI in America really started to get to know him mm-hmm. and this is what happened in 1999 the matamaros standoff on november 9th 1999 de agents and fbi agent joe dubois and daniel fuentes were in matamaros to gather intelligence on the gulf cartel right both these guys are working together it's kind of just like the show i think it is what the show uh narcos is kind of based on mm-hmm. it's like kind of what these two guys did right they want to start investigating the drug area in Matamaros because they're hearing about stuff, but they don't really know anything. So they enlist this journalist called Bermundez Nunez, who um, he did an interview with Osil, and then Osil told him all this crazy shit, and then he posted it, and then Osil was like, okay, I'm going to kill you now for telling everybody. And it was like, I'm a fucking journalist, dog. This is what I was supposed to do. Yeah. So then he's freaking out. He goes to the uh, Dubois and Fuentes and says uh, – Hey, man, can you guys protect me? And they go, okay, why don't you guys, you help us out before we bring you to America and show us. It's kind of like a, a like uh, the celebrity house tours that you'll okay. see in the van. Yeah. Except he did that and showed them all the cartel spots in the city of Matamero. Speaking into one of those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys are going to see right here. We have Osil the friend killer. Um, you can see him torturing a man right now. <laughs> and waving to us over there. Yeah, waving to us. So this is what happened, right? The thing is, is this guy has this city... Unlocks so much, he notices him, right? 
And so Nunez. That's why you do the small town, man. Yep. That's because you, you notice anything, anything that changes. And you already control everything. You know, you probably, a lot of times if it's a small enough town, like kind of like Medellin was for Paul Escobar, he even pays people. Like just mm-hmm. normal people, just to live and to tell them everything and to yeah. stop people, uh, stop anyone that he thinks uh, might be bad. Uh-huh. So what happens is they're gone the little tour and they reach Ozil's house, right? And they start taking pictures from the street. Then they notice that they're being followed by two vehicles. They just come up right behind them, park right behind them, two unknown vehicles, right? So these guys are kind of freaking out. They uh, grab their license plates and they see that these vehicles are actually stolen, which is not a good a good a good sign because if they're following you and they're stolen that means whatever they're gonna do they don't want trace back to them right so they fucking they're freaking out right they continue through madame maris and they're trying to get away from these guys but they're eventually cut off and the vehicles are forced to stop and with a few minutes they're surrounded by a caravan of eight vehicles uh-huh. right they're freaking the fuck out right According to Dubois and Fuentes, around 15 cartel members carrying AK-47s and AR-15s and other weapons get around their vehicles and surround their Ford Bronco. How do you get out of that? How the fuck do you get out of that? What they tried doing, they tried calling the Tamaulipas State Police Commander Gilberto Garcia Garza for help, and he goes, I can't help you. I mean, that's that's the whole thing. That's the whole... That's how you... You don't get as powerful as a cartel gets without... If somebody calls the cops and you're like, okay, we'll take care I'm done. of them. I lost yeah, the cops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, no, you have to pay these people off. This guy owned them so much, the cops said he wasn't going to help a DE agent and an FBI agent. So they're freaking out, and then they see some police cars show up, right? And they're the Matamaros Municipal Police, so the guys that didn't say no, they're getting excited. The key, police come out of the cars, point guns at them. Yes. So now they got the Tamaulipas Police, they got Los Zetas, and they got the Matamaros Police all surrounding the car, all with guns on them. But they don't have... They only have them two. It's them right. two and the fucking reporter. Right. Uh huh. So, and they also the agents suspect that this place was chosen because like there was no way to get around it. And then the officers start redirecting traffic around this shootout. Like it's gonna happen mm-hmm. because they don't want people to see for some reason. I guess. I mean, it's, you know, probably not good to just put on display like that. Uh-huh. So these guys are have a traffic thing going around them, like someone. Like a main broken a street. Like they set up cones. Yeah, like they set up cones. Yeah. They're waving. There's like a 50 mile per hour sign. Uh-huh. And at this moment, uh, this is a direct quote. Uh, he, uh, Dubois goes, Fuentes and I decided if we are going to die, we're going to die here. Hmm. I knew what they were going to do to me. I'd seen many pictures of what the Gulf cartel left behind. But they ultimately decide, <laughs> which is probably the best idea, they go, we're going to try and talk it out. Yeah. Let's use our words. We'll put down our little pistols. Dude, imagine... So when the cops show up, they're pointing their guns at who? Uh, the FBI and DA agent. Okay. So it's everyone in the cartel and all the cops. Oh. So I imagine a big circle of people. Everyone has guns. At <laughs> and you. then one of them raises their hand like, okay, all right. <laughs> Let's talk this out, huh? <laughs> okay. Watch this. Watch this, guys. And my gun's away. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to talk? Everyone has like machine guns and he has like this yeah. handgun. I don't want to have to hurt anybody. My <laughs> guy just got a bazooka. <laughs> okay, bazooka guy, I see you. And my gun's in my holster. So now it's your move. <laughs> okay. We find each other. Okay, we got bazooka guy yeah. to kind of tilt it down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they think they're going to talk it out, right? So they get out of the car. 
put their guns down. They're trying to talk it out. And out of nowhere, Oseal steps out of a white Jeep Cherokee. He loves the, you know, family SUV. <laughs> and he's carrying a gold-plated AK-47. And alone, he walks up to their car, right? Uh-huh. Also, fuck yeah with the gold. I mean, you, if God, you're going to be a car... such a... If you're going to be a bad... Just yeah. say it. Say if you're going to be a cartel or bad guy, you got to get a gold gun. Yeah. Because that was the standard. That's yeah. that's the golden eye yeah. standard. You work all game, yeah. and you try to be your best at this game and beat all your friends so you can get the gold gun. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's just like a trophy. Mm-hmm. Once you get it, you're known from then on as a champion. Yeah, yeah. You don't get podcasts made about you if you didn't get your guns. Got gold? I'm not talking about silver guns <laughs> with fucking hobos. There's somebody who killed eight times as many people with silver-plated guns. Retire, buddy. No one cares. <laughs> Half of them were werewolves. You did what you needed to do. Yeah, that, was, that was Transylvania. You think I give a fuck about Transylvania? Or is that, I guess, vampires? I don't know. All right. Oseal immediately recognizes the informant who he's been searching for, and he orders the agents to hand him over under penalty of death. Fuentes goes in his back pocket. Everyone's freaking out, and he pulls out his FBI badge, which then only sends Oseal into this crazy rage where he starts shooting his gun in the sky screaming and he says i'm gonna kill you guys if you don't listen to me he's like i don't give a fuck about your badge i've got 40 people with ak-47s going at your fucking face yes and the fbi he's just it's dubois he's just being real cool he goes hey man uh if we die you're gonna have three hundred thousand dea and fbi agents here uh breathing down your neck and their mission is gonna be to take you down isn't the crazy thing that you could feel so powerful because you could literally have a town on lock and be untouchable, but there's always going to be somebody else above yep. you. And that is, uh, that's right. crazy. Yeah. It's like the further out you expand, it's like you're there. There's always a chance you can go outside of your neighborhood. Oh, I mean, I mean, just think of all like, I mean, this is kind of a sad thing to say, but think of all like the Middle Eastern towns that we bombed where there's some guy just had like a little town. He's like, this is my area. I run it. Yeah. he's just done yeah it's like you can fuck with a lot of things but you probably don't want to fuck with the u.s military and probably china's whatever yeah. you know dubois later said in an interview that if it had come to it he had his pistol in his hand beside his thigh unless they got fuentes in a headshot Oseal was gonna die if they came after us because it was like he was talking to him right so the guy was like all right man if you shoot us i mean i i think that's he's kind of being an idiot with like forty thousand or 40 guys with ak's and you think you're just gonna be like gonna die do you you know what? It's such a badass like hero thing to yeah. be like, and I was gonna get one shot. Yeah, off, yeah. And that was gonna go. Yeah. But um, you train for that. That is true, right? That's why all the those things pop yeah, up in the galleries. Yeah. That's why we've seen that thing always. The thing comes up, and you yeah. look at where you shot. And those things are pretty far away. I mean, they're having a conversation, <laughs> and uh, that's that's kind of an interesting um, mindset to think about too. When you know for a fact you're outnumbered and everybody has better guns than you, <laughs> you're fucking one gun in your holster or whatever, and you're like, I'm gonna die anyways. I'm gonna do one yeah. thing. That's the difference between he and I. Yeah, I would have been like, I'll join the cartel. <laughs> what do you want? Whatever. I'll do whatever you want. Who's badge? What? There you go. <laughs> yeah. Here's my gun. Uh, give me a gold gun. Can someone give me a gold gun? I'm in. I'm done. I'm out. Does anyone have an extra? It's like your first day. <laughs> do you? I forgot my gold AK at home. I noticed that uh, Juan Carlos has two. Can I have one of Juan Carlos's? <laughs> this is nice. You guys do this all the time. Cool. <laughs> you gotta shut up. <laughs> Is this cool? Can I be number two? I want to be number one one day. <laughs> oh, no. Bye-bye. 
After a heated discussion, which Osiel screamed, you fucking gringos, this is my town, so get the fuck out before I kill all of you. Mm-hmm. Don't ever come back. He returns to his car, lets them go. They go over the U.S. border, and it was later reported that Osiel threw a huge party that night to celebrate his standoff with America. Do you think when the agents go back over the border, they're like... They give him the questionnaire at the border. You got any farms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just give all the basic customs. Just go to the same shit. Also, I mean, if I was one of those agents, I'd be like, oh, yo, Mexico was cool. Can I go to North Dakota next? <laughs> yeah. Maybe somewhere that's not Mexico? Is Elon Musk still working on space? <laughs> I think I'll keep an eye on space, Musk. <laughs> also, I wonder if his party was like themed. It was like caps and robbers. Right. Okay, after the standoff, the FBI and the DA saw a lot more interest interest and information on Ozeal, but the Matameros, all the authorities, everyone in that town, the government, they keep going like, oh, he's just a little guy. He's not anyone important. And they're like, uh, he had a gold AK-47 yeah, uh-huh. and 40 people, including cops. Right, but did everybody have them? Because that means they blew all the shit on <laughs> yes. So and then the, then the FBI starts interviewing his. Fi- it's like as you think the FBI and the CIA know everything, but they really don't know everything. Especially with these guys, they start interviewing his family and friends, and they think these are just normal people, like Homero, the guy who was like one of the main people in the cartel. So, wait a minute. So, they have this big standoff, mm-hmm. and then these two parted ways, yep. and then the bad guys have a big party. Yep. And the good guys are like, we got to interview his family. Yep. To know more. But the bad guys told him to leave. Yeah, I know. Respect <laughs> them. It's not your house, guys. Exactly. I, this is really an FBI thing. I think it's on them. But isn't that kind of crazy for the bad guys to let him go? And th- they know they're going to come back. Well, the thing is, is that's the thing is you cannot kill a DEA or FBI agent because they did it one time. Uh-huh. They did it. Um, I can't remember the guy one time, but he's one of the main guys. He killed one of the, uh, it was like a Mexican dude that was with the FBI and the CIA. And then America just sent in like, they just annihilated, annihilated everything. Wow. Everything the guys had. So they know that, they but know. they also know they're going to send them back and they're not what, like on the chance that they might slip up in the investigation at some point and then well, just say, fuck it. I don't, I mean, they, they they can't extradite these guys without catching them again. Right. So, like, they can't just be like, you know, they can't be like, hey, Matamaros police, will you guys, if you guys arrest him, we'll take him to America. They're like, yeah, sure, anytime you fucking want, bud. No, I'm not so doing So they that. know that they have to come get him again for yeah. anything to happen. And so he, that guy's like, good luck, I'm going to get him. Yeah, and they're not going to send in, they're not going to send in hit squads into every cartel where they could without them having killed an FBI agent. Or Otherwise, they're just going to see him. Probably the CIA is going to try and smuggle cocaine with them or some shit i mean there's so many knockoff headphones and yeah, so many beard yeah, brands. yeah they're gonna get in there they're not gonna search them all so the u.s government now files a bunch of indictments against ozeal and uh for conspiracy to import cocaine and so they shut off everything that he was making money in america so a lot of his money gets cut off they're pretty much now getting a case to go against him mm-hmm. um yeah, so by so he went from what is that? 1999, they don't know who the guy is. Mm-hmm. By 2001, he is I think number 5 on the US top That's 5 wanted. most wanted people, top 10 most wanted people in the world. Wow. Is that an open list? Like we can check it out. Yeah. That's crazy. It's on the internet. I remember the only place where I used to see anything like that was the post office. Yeah. And they would print out pictures. 
if you see any of these guys come into the post oh, office, <laughs> make sure you. One guy's just AK forty seven. I like to mail this. Like, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think. How many, how many stamps are on this? <laughs> okay, I guess weigh it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know stamps. There's a little blood on it. <laughs> don't worry about yeah, it. It's good. It's good. How many stamps? <laughs> <laughs> on the outside of the gun. <laughs> I like it. So a seal uh, was captured in Matamoros on March 14, 2003, in a shootout between the Mexican military and the Gulf Cartel gunmen, right? So they're going after him now. But they they do it with Mexico. So what happens is, what really happens a lot of times is America will, because you can't go into someone else's country and just start fucking them up. So they were you like, You tell their government. You tell their government yeah. to do it. But the Mexican government's so fucking shady, a lot of times it doesn't work. So what they had to do to do this. Also, uh, 40 people died in this standoff. Wow. The operation took six months, and there were only, only, the only people that knew in all of Mexico, besides America, was the president, the secretary of defense, and their attorney general. So three people. So they tried to keep the circle. Yeah, because there's so many people that are fucking- Tipping them off. Yeah, tipping them off. Yeah. You're getting paid a lot, and all, if you're getting paid a lot, and all you got to do is just be like, hey, they're coming after you, that's not that bad of a gig. Right. The worst part is O'Seal is uh, sentenced to only 25 years in prison after uh, agreeing to cooperate with the U.S. officials. So he's going to be released in 2024. He's got three more years. It's so crazy that you could be responsible for so many people's deaths and do like a, what is the bargain? You turn in a bunch of other people? Yeah. How many people are that much higher than him? I mean, the guy is called the friend killer. He's not going to like not give yeah, everybody true. up. Yeah, that- you know, he's also the friend like <laughs> snitcher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't have friends. What do you want? My mom, my mom lives here. I got uh, one of my gold guns are with her. He's a- <laughs> the worst part is dude. He only got 20 years. He's going to release in three years. He's not even at a maximum security prison. He's at a medium security prison in Pennsylvania. So it's just like the guy, the guy created the, the most deadly hit squad in the history of almost the world. Mm -hmm. He completely turned over this country. He completely took over a couple cities. Uh, I'm going to show later that one city, uh, 95% of the people left because of that, because of them. And then he came in and just now he sets up like his training ground there. Wow. Just took a town. He just took a town. He took a couple towns, man. So since he, so once he got arrested, uh, Los Zetas, that kind of, army group right because the thing the good thing about them is that they're loyal mm-hmm. but they're more loyal to themselves they were loyal to seal but they're not loyal to the group they're you know they're a squad of guys okay so then they start becoming their own cartel mm. and then now they're the second most powerful cartel in the world and they're, they're against the original guy they're a bunch of there's the sinaloa cartel there's the gulf mexico cartel i think there's the tijuana cartel they're all different. They all hate each other, and they're all sure. trying to get these plazas, these routes to go under. Because you can go by boat, but a lot of times it doesn't go through because there's people going around. But there's no like moles underground, like searching for holes. Right. Um. You know what would be great hmm. as a if you're gonna fight the war against the cartels, you get that thing that Master Shredder used to hang he around. Bounds the ground. What do you do? Do you remember that thing? Mm-mm. Shredder and Krang would be in. The, oh yeah, the, it was from just the a movie? drill. No, no the drill. from the cartoon. Oh okay, I remember. It the was just a, a lot, capsule that they would hang out in, like a submarine, but the front of it was just the drill. drill. Yeah, 
and then they would open the submarine door and like 80,000 foot clan would come out of it mm. and then shredder and then crane would be like I mean I'm guessing they probably I wouldn't put it past them that they have like actual drilling things that people drill mines with and uh-huh. things like this. I mean, they can't go that big from what I understand because then like, you know, planes going over, we'll see that there's like giant mining things. So a lot of times it's just guys like digging, but that's they, crazy. I know they start getting into the people, the uh, cartel in the uh, South America started getting into mining because like one of the most uh, like important things you can mine right now isn't even gold. It's like Bitcoin. It's um, that's funny. It's like whatever your card and your phone is made out of. Okay. And that's like in Brazil, so like they're taking over all those things. They also is that going to be the next thing? They well, I also avocados. A lot of I think like most of the avocados you get from Mexico are from the cartel. Wow, really? Mm -hmm. They could have those. That's fine. So after the Gulf Cartel and Los Zetas broke apart in. 2010, they began violently fighting in eras known to be a major drug trafficking hubs, those plazas. By the end of 2011, um, and despite ongoing spats with the Gulf Cartel, it was clear to analysts that Los Zetas had surpassed their former members, you know, seals in jail, mm-hmm. by becoming the second most powerful criminal organization in Mexico. Only the Sinaloa Cartel stood in their way of dominance, although Sinaloa is kind of like is losing track because they like. Military, they do brainwash you to stick together. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times these guys don't want to fight other guys that they're in, so they just keep going to Los Zetas, and then they kill everybody. Wow. So the death of his brother, Antonio. November 5th, 2010, Mexican Marines exchanged gunfire with Antonio and his brother in Marimatos for eight hours, causing much of the city to be locked down and destroyed. Antonio, who had taken control of the Garf cartel since Ocil's arrest, had been on the run for several months, and then they he 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 kept escaping capture because he had another he he learned from his brother, and he was like, okay, I'll get another group called the Les Scorpionos, which is the Scorpions, which is the, that, those are the guys like he trained. That's his be. guys, yeah. Okay, yeah. small though; they're not as big wow. as the other guys. The final operation to go get Antonio had over 600 Mexican Marines and Navy members, 17 military vehicles, and three helicopters. The international bridge between Mexico and U.S. was closed, as well as several businesses and the UT Brownsville campus had to be evacuated because they were scared of bullets coming over from that other town. That's how close they are. The Matamaros is to Brownsville, Texas. Like, you couldn't even go to school because they were fucking gunfight yeah there's gonna be a war today yeah so you can't yeah yeah it's like a snow day but on border yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) you Uh check the check the weather and it looks like there's a a sale of guns has gone up cancellation there's several incidents of retaliation after he got uh captured Mm -hmm. so uh, one of the worst however created it was uh, occurred in quidad mier a small town on the u.s border about five days after antonio's death over 300 people were evacuated to do open violence between cartel members. So, like, they started just killing all these normal people and other cartel members until their brother was released. Wow. And uh, by the end of 2010, around 95% of the population of Quadadmir had left. So, and it resulted in a military barracks. That's so there. nuts. Oh, yeah. All the really fucked up stuff the Gulf Cartel and Los Cetas have done. Oh, great. La Galleria Ranch in northern Veracruz. Authorities uncovered several outdoor ovens in which Los Zetas members would incinerate their victims. Dude. Some describe the area as having a blanket of ash covering the ground. Dude. 
This whole little town had a blanket of ash covering the ground. Searching nearby houses and covered houses with walls and plastic ties stained in blood. Body parts were hidden in the walls of some of these little towns. Twelve of these kitchens have been found in total. So there's 12 kitchens all in this town where they're just burning bodies all day, every day. That's insane. That's insane. That's an insane thing. It's, the wor- it's some of the worst shit I've ever even... Many of the families uh, of the region's missing persons claims that the local... Well, they're pretty much saying... A lot of people... Everyone is saying this shit's happening because obviously the police are in on it too. Uh-huh. So there's no one they can go to. Um, and they also set, found a lot of the victims of Lozetas in this town. So it seems like they're sometimes they kill people, bring them to this town, incinerate them rather than putting them in mass graves. And they're also putting people in acid. So you just disappear. Yeah. Imagine being like a neighbor and be like, hey, what are you guys cooking over there? Dude, for years. <laughs> you guys really barbecue a lot, huh? I want to drive through that one town. You know how you never want to drive one? through or the... this one? This one. Yeah. Um, this is like a hell. It's like hell. Yes. That's like hell. That's, that's like exactly like hell. Yeah. That's like building hell. Yeah, that's exactly. People are burning. There's blood and guts everywhere. That's an, That's an insane thing. The 2010 San Fernando Massacre, not the San Fernando Valley here. Uh, it went from March 24th to 29th. There was a mass murder of 193 people by Los Zetas. Authorities reported numerous hijackings of passenger buses on Federal 101, with the kidnapped victims later killed and buried in 47 mass graves. So what are happening is Los Zetas kind of had this area. They pretend... they. W- I mean, they're giving a reason for murdering almost 200 people. Mm-hmm. They said that they thought the golf career cartel was bringing in recruits. But they these thought are like, that. These are like just normal-ass-looking people. And they're just taking buses. They're taking buses of people going on here. Uh, female victims were reportedly raped, while male victims were forced to fight to the death with each other. What the fuck? Remains, are the remains of these fucking people in these mass graves... Revealed that able-bodied men willing to join Los Zetas were then given different kind of weapons like knives and axes so that when they battled the other guy to see who got to live that day, uh-huh. he could kill them more. Wow. Authorities still don't know why they did this other than the Los Zetas guys saying that they uh, thought they were the bad guys coming in. I mean. 200 people. Imagine. You also like... I mean, you're living a different life, and you just have different. I think your your chemical makeup, yeah, has completely changes. Changed. Yeah. So now it's not like you're gonna do. You're gonna, you know, burn bodies for twelve hours, and then be like, mm, I'm gonna go play PlayStation. <laughs> you know, you have to like you and you'd fight now. That's what I need now. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's just like a gateway. You just got to keep upping it. You know, you still want, I mean, I don't even know. the That's bodies. so crazy. When people talk about too much, that is like beyond. I know. Just murdering 200 normal people and then the bodies one. And here's another one. <sighs> they got about two more. Great. 2012 Nuevo Laredo Massacre is a series of mass murders or attacks between Los Zetas and an allied combination of Gulf Cartel and Sinaloa Cartel. This has led in upwards of 15,000 people to leave Nueva Lorado. Local investigators, media members, and even local social media bloggers have been tortured, mutilated, and in some cases hung from bridges for even talking about this as happening. So like the Los Zetas is going into a town, murdering everyone, yeah. causing everyone to leave, 
creating fucking kitchens that burn bodies. Uh And then if someone in, you know, a hundred miles away writes, fucking people are getting murdered on this town. They then hang that person up from a freeway with their hands cut off and their legs cut off. And that's when you were like, I got to make a podcast. I was like, I the people, I mean, this is insane. This is like, like people do like serial killer podcasts and they're like, James Edward almost killed three people in 1968. It's like, that ain't shit. These people are fucking insane. (laughs) Yeah. There's one more, one more sicko shit we got. This one's a really hard name. Cardieta Jimenez Massacre. Um, May 12th to the 13th in 2012. This shit ain't even that far ago. No. Not even that far in distance from where we are. Not even that far in time. Officials stated that 68 people were decapitated and mutilated by the members of Los Zetas and dumped on a roadside near the city of Monterey. The victims had their hands, feet, and heads cut off with overwhelming sides of torture. Speculations that the victims were members of the Gulf Cartel and other rival gangs. Dude. Imagine just driving and you see 68. They lined them. You can see pictures of this. They lined them like a like an art director fucking did it. It's wow. side by side, 68 people down the thing. Headless, footless. So you can't ID them. That's crazy. That's crazy. I have no comment. Yeah. That. that was the story of Ocil Cardenas Guillen. <sighs> Don't, what's the lesson? Don't. What's I don't know. The well, the le- to me, the craziest thing is the guy just wanted to fucking have a mechanic shop. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I mean, you could do like the socialistic snow cuck thing of saying, if this guy had a way to better be a get a loan, he wouldn't have had to go to a cartel to get it. Who then infiltrated by putting cocaine in the cars that he fixed that he then drove. Across. Was that the thing? Mm-hmm. Was that the? Uh... Yeah, he needed money for it. Wow. And they went to them. And then and then that, he kind of, they didn't start it, but that's kind of how, you know, you drive a normal car through and he's able to put like an inch of cocaine all on the inside of the bumpers and he blackens it and it looks like it's you. Yeah. And then once they get across, they peel it open and they get it. Wow. Just a guy that wanted to be a mechanic and he ended up, I mean, what, what, if you count the Los Zetas people, he's killed thousands and thousands of people. Did he have a bad childhood? I don't know. It didn't. It would see the thing is, is like there wasn't much information about him as a child or as a younger person because the FBI really weren't fucking with him until they went in that little town and he surrounded by him with two different kinds of police forces right. and his own. And then they were like, okay, let's learn about this guy. So that's why from there you can see all these different crimes he committed and all these different massacres. But before that, that's the interesting stuff. I know. I kind of want to see. I mean, he was washing police cars was his first job. Yeah. And then he was wanting to be a mechanic. Huh. Also, you know, I mean, something has to happen though. For I don't know, I, mean, I don't know. If don't your know. four brothers want to go into it, I yeah. don't have a brother. So, but if I I could see my friends, if my four best friends from child were like, we're gonna go in the cartel. I'd be like, right. I guess I'm going in the cartel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're just in, and then, and then, then there's in. no way out. And then you have to be more bloodthirsty and conniving than the next person to even just stay alive. So, yeah, to stay alive. It's not even like, you know. Like, he created this fucking Los Zetas because he wanted to be protected. I mean, he's also a fucking psychopath and a murderer. Well, to be protected, yes. But to be protected, and then you know that there's no kind of letting up after that. Yeah. And if you've done so much stuff, it's it's like the list 
keeps on growing, so there's always going to be... Just the pressure that you have to have. That's why I don't even lie, dude. Yeah, I don't like Because I can't handle it. My memory's not good enough, and I'm like, this is going to be bad. It's going to be bad eventually. I remember in high school, or like right out of high school, I cheated on my girlfriend. Mm. And then for the rest of like the year and a half that I got caught, every time the phone rings... You think it's gonna be the girl calling or a this text, or you're now gonna everybody get caught. Knows yeah, now everyone's yeah. gonna know. Except this time, you're like, every time you step out of the house, you think a guy's gonna fucking AK you yeah. or chop off your head. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I guess money's pretty fun, but I don't know if it's worth that. Maybe that's the lesson. Maybe it's like if you do something bad, you own up to it right there and then. So you don't have to remember lies. Yeah. You don't have to do the rigmarole of whatever. And then if somebody's like, didn't you do that? And you're like, yeah, that was what I did then. And then I've yeah. been learning from it. Well, I think, I mean, that you can even see that with like people and like um, celebrities and shit, you know, when they start mm-hmm. going, no, 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 I didn't do that. I didn't do it. And then it comes out that they did. Everyone's like, fucking kill this person. If, but you, if you just jump ahead of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the honesty is the best policy. And it's, it's, uh, whatever. And I know that, whatever. There's, a, like, this is one podcast and it could be six. Yeah. Oh, dude. I mean, literally, like I told you, I, well, one, I don't, I don't, I don't, not many people know this. I suffer from horrible nightmares probably five days a week. Oh, man. Like all night, every night. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know why it happens. Uh, but damn, I was read because I have to read this a bunch of times. So it does, I mean, I do read a lot, but I have to like put it into my own words and I have to, I don't want to just be like, yeah, da, 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 yeah, da, right, da, right, right. Whole time just a reading a Wikipedia yeah, it sounds, page. Yes. Uh-huh. So I read it, but man, one night, uh, three days ago, I just had a nightmare that the fucking cartel was coming at me and I had to kill. Probably killed like thirty people in my dream. But you would never do that. No, in real life. But I remember it. Yeah, it fucking still kind of like shook me a little bit. Yeah, and I woke up like you don't know the things that I had to do last <laughs> night. I had a pen. And I was just getting this guy in his neck over and over again. Wow, wow. Yeah. But, but what's the why? Why insert yourself then like this? You know what I mean? You know, honestly, I I just see a spot in the marketplace for. This kind of stuff, because I just I've seen all the documentaries and they're all about the same people. Yeah, and I always want to learn more about them. There's got to be other people that want to know more about them. Yeah. So I decided, well, I'll do a pretty. I mean, it's pretty in depth. How did you find out about these guys? Where's this information? Uh, I try to look up different countries most wanted. Mm. I try to look up. Uh, you know, the only problem is some of these guys, they don't have enough written about them yet. You kind of want to get people that already got caught. That's why the stories are older. Because yeah. the whole story has been told. Yeah. And it's some not of, in the middle of Yeah, the and story. some of the guys that are the biggest right now, they haven't been caught yet. You know, like O'Seal was in 1999. They yeah. didn't write a story on the guy yet because right, they didn't right, know how right. he even existed. Sure. So I just thought it would be pretty interesting, and we'll see how it goes. It is very interesting. Mike, very scary. Thanks for letting me use your studio. Absolutely. Thanks for coming over. Appreciate yeah. you being on the pod, bud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, make sure you check out uh, Final Space. Sure. Is that what the name is? Yeah, on Adult Swim. On Adult Swim. It premieres on the 20th. I'm going to watch it. You guys should too. Peace. Thank you very much.